So, you know, I mean, it's been a time. Has it? It March is coming again. Which is hard to believe, right? <sighs> yeah. And you know, it's there's there's a lot to to think about. So, for this for this little moment, and not just because I think it will be very uncomfortable for all of you to do. I just would like <laughs> for all of us to say something that we like about ourselves. What the fuck is wrong with you, hey, Noel? <laughs> Why don't you fucking walk away? Is this a hey, corporate? I don't like about you. Oh, is this a fucking corporate team building exercise? Yeah, is this, is this an unconscious bias training? Noelle, are you a certified Reiki master? <laughs> I'm a certified Reiki master. And if you say one thing you like about yourself every day, it's impossible for you to have a mental illness. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, I'll kill you. <laughs> so let's take that first step today, everyone. <laughs> I'll say one thing that I like about Noelle. I love that Noelle has once again dated this intro. Yeah, yeah, March, <laughs> good one. That's so true. That's so true. That's so true. That's so true. You know what? I'll say one thing I like about myself. Mm, let me hear it. Is that, um, oh, shit, no, I got nothing. <laughs> no, come on. Ain't that just the way? Ain't that just love the you, fucking Kat. way, though? No, no. I was trying to think of something funny, and then I was like, no, that's too genuine. I want to hear something genuine. Yeah. What, do you want something funny or something genuine? Which is yeah. it? Because I can't. As a honest. certified Reiki master, I want something genuine. <laughs> I'm going to grind my teeth into fucking dust, and then I'm going to mail the dust to you, and I hope you choke on it when you open the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Here, you know what? I like my eyebrows. Yeah, they're good. Hey, Kat. You, do you, have, go. you have like very unique, cool eyebrows. You do. They are. I, I tweeze them like just to, like to clean up the little mm -hmm. hairs, but this is just the natural shape of my brows, baby. They're Beautiful. very cool. They look, they are the exact same eyebrows that are on. There's a picture of my great grandma, Catherine. Mm. Same eyebrows. Oh, really? That's mm. interesting. Yeah, exact, like the exact same shape. It's, Whoa. you know, genetics are wild. I stole them from her. I stole them. I stole that and I stole her. Kat, name. tell me something you like about your inner soul. <laughs> Fucking certified Reiki master Noel. I was going to take Kat's thing and say that I liked my hair, but if it has to be like a personal <laughs> trait that has to do with our like internal self worth, like this I can't. It's just like the hardest possible Kat. exercise. Okay, something I like about my inner soul is I love my own sense of humor. Nice. That's why. I made my friend start a podcast with me. Good. There you go. That's Good wonderful. Job. Hey, you there. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm positive. <laughs> You've been healed, my child. <laughs> Noelle, you go next. What? I have to go. Don't I have to go last? Because I asked the question. No, you have to I go don't next. No, you have to fucking choke on my tooth dust. I led the way as your DM. I led the way. I forged the path. I laid out the goddamn mind palace. Hmm. You go next. Well, obviously, there are so many that come to mind. <laughs> you laid this curse on us, Noelle. You laid this yeah. curse at our feet. I, and I'll lay down inside my curse, okay? And wrap myself up like a little cocoon. And when I come out, I'm going to be healed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is sense of humor, but I won't repeat yours. That's the easiest one for all of us to say. I know, because we're all people who define our self-worth by our yeah. ability to make other people laugh. <laughs> it's the secret. Shit. That's the secret. <laughs> um, I, about myself, I think that I'm good at putting myself in other people's shoes. Mm. That's a really good that's one. Good one. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's important for life. That is. All right. All right. You've done it. You wrapped yourself up in your cocoon of it. curse. Oh, wow. <laughs> it came out as a positivity butterfly. Oh, Juniper, it's mm. all you because we're going in order of introduction. Oh. <laughs> yeah, get ready because you're about to be laid open after this. Oh, God. Laid <laughs> gonna... open. You're going to get laid open. All right. Uh... There's so much, Juniper. I know. I have so many things I could say. Yeah, it's that's the thing. It's so much easier to fucking talk about the things you like yeah, about your fucking friends for, like, than other your fucking people. self. <laughs> um, I think I'm good about um, 
I'm I'm good at at um, being calm in crisis. <laughs> hey, that's good. That's a good that thing. Count? Well, no, the first thing that I was going to say is that you handle conflict well. Yeah, there you go. You're very good at it. Great job, Mm -hmm. Juniper. You've done it. You've done it. (laughs) You've passed the gauntlet. It's literally the most difficult intro. This is like a fucking bridge. It's a bridge that Noelle is like standing at one end of and she's asking us questions. And if you can't answer the question, I'm just like doing Naruto Reiki (laughs) symbols. What the fuck are you saying? I really hope none of our listeners are certified Reiki masters. Yeah. I also hope all Can of our you listeners imagine are. imagine how fucking like. I also hope they're all absolutely confused as to why we keep saying. <laughs> Don't that. worry about it. Listen, it. if you're a certified Reiki master, no shade. We're not. Mm-hmm. We're not here to cause any right. conflict with a certified Reiki master community. I would, I'd be afraid to. Yeah, they'll <laughs> fuck you up with their Naruto hand gestures. <laughs> they'll come for your Hannah, ass. Hannah, it's you. You have Hannah, to do it. Right, you have to right, cross the right, bridge. All right, all right, I just had to do this. I just had to do this for my fucking job. So oh I'm going to say <laughs> that- This is your other uh, fucking job, so go ahead. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting better at advocating for myself. All right? All Hell right. Yeah! 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 Yes! Yes! Woo. And you just feel the power of Reiki just like flow through your body. <laughs> Yo, all my chakras are open. You can now. shoot fireballs now. <laughs> well, speaking of self love, let's um, play D and D. Okay. <laughs> Having like literally the most painful fucking intro ever of yeah, all why time. Would you do this the to fuck us. Fuck Noel. Fuck Noel. Especially now. Noel fucking woke up today and chose violence. Yeah, <laughs> Noel chose violence today, and I think we should acknowledge that. We should acknowledge that Noel did into choose this violence. Google meet. I literally was like, you know what would be funny for an intro? Something that everyone would hate to talk about. You're sick. <laughs> you belong in prison. Anyway, um, hello. Everybody, I am Kat. I am your DM, and I love that about myself. Hi, I'm Noelle. I play Fran, and I only came back to cause chaos, havoc, and Reiki. <laughs> and I love that about you. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, I'm Juniper. Hi, Juniper. Hi, I gained my self worth through my dog and my cat ear headphones. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, RBG. Cat ear headphones yeah. on in this in this Google Meet call. I Can I just and say that is how they chose violence? When you said RBG cat ears, my first thought was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Absolutely, I think it's because it's actually RGB is how you, yes, how you say that. Right. I got all the colors. RBG. I got all the colors, oh, but they're shit. in the wrong order. Wrong order. I hope that wherever Ruth Bader Ginsburg is, she has a pair of color changing cat ear headphones. I hope so too. I'll give her my pair if she doesn't have one. Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm the dark nemesis of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, <laughs> Ruth Gator Binsburg, and I live in a trash can and I fight alligators. And I love that about myself. And I play Slake, a half orc fighter. I feel like I really sabotaged our energy. <laughs> yeah, you fucked it up. What do you mean? I just told the best joke ever. Honestly, it's amazing. But <laughs> it was I a mean, great I, joke. By sabotage, I don't mean that it's been sucked out. I just mean that it's been it's been swirled up. It's Change. Like a toilet bowl. It's been permanently altered. Oh, by the way, we're at level 10 now. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, we leveled up. Yeah, we leveled up. Level up, level up, level up. The power up. of music. The power of Diamond's beautiful song. We all just, like, were encased in golden light. Yeah, you had a, you all had a magical girl moment. Nice. Okay, well, let's, um, let's get into this, you guys. Let's do it. Welcome to Arc 7, The Beating Earth. Before there was time, there were three giants. They rose from the barren rock one after the other, pulling themselves free from the quagmire of demons and into the darkness of the place before worlds. Berun came first, 
powerful fists breaking the surface of the void and mighty legs pushing him up and out from the black and twisted earth and flesh of Galdal. Berun was made for tearing and rending, for beating and bruising, for bashing and bloodying. Next came Vola, quick and spry, leaping from the hole in the void that his brother had made. Vola was made for moving, for running, for howling and hunting, for cornering and trapping. Rok came last, heaving himself into that which is not and forcing his existence upon it. Roke was made for the steady chase, the relentless pursuit, the thud of a pace that never tires, echoing against the beat of a heart worn to exhaustion. The three brothers looked at the void, at that which is not, and they were hungry for existence. They fed first upon their fellow demons, drinking from the surface of the barren rock until all of the fledgling horrors upon it were swallowed or fled. Then they ventured into the black, chasing the stars and currents of energy and possibility that drifted through the void and swallowing them down. They were a pack of hunters with no equal and there were none who dared to step foot in their path, lest they be eaten too. It is said that the world which is not was once full of things that could have been, and the blackness that presses on the borders of the world is all that is left after the brothers' rampage. Some even say that there were other worlds. Wondrous places that were tipped into the giants' mouths like fine wine and drained down their gullets until all that was left was Avadal, a shining beacon of magic and energy, of life and possibility, where the forces reside. The giants went to eat it. The battle was fierce and brief, or it was long and brutal. It was before time, and it was when time began. For when Rael finally ensnared the three brothers in his lasso of fire, the magic and life and energy that was trapped inside the giant's bodies burst forth in torrents, which the forces harnessed to make the world. Blood was turned to rivers and oceans, while skin and fat stretched into fertile soil. They used hair to make trees and grasses, and plucked out eyes to be made into moons. They flayed them alive, for they would not die, until all that was left was their jagged bones and beating hearts, which they buried in the earth to hold the shape of the world and nourish it. It was us dwarves who first found one of these hearts. We built a city around it, used the magic it pumped into the earth to construct marvels beyond imagination. Automatons and assembly lines, vehicles that flew on wings of steel, food that would harvest itself overnight. Our scholars weep at the knowledge of what was lost, for we did not know the terrible price of the blood of giants. We did not know the whispering words still oozing from their hearts. We did not know the chaos that comes from listening. There are no more dwarves on Vola. Vicious Vola, fast and cunning, even with no teeth, he devoured that city and all of their marvels. He swallowed its name, its people, and even its memory until all that was left were tattered scraps and sealed chambers. Until all that was left was howling 
and haunting from those who could not make it out in time. When you go into the depths of the mountain, do not listen to the earth. Talia did not touch the bones and her grace cannot reach you there. Do not pray to the gods, for they would not listen, even if they could hear you. If you feel the beating earth, if you taste hunger in your teeth and smell blood in the air, if you hear the whispered words of the stone echoing through your bones, never listen. Run. So, after Diamond's concert, the five of you head back to the only nearby shelter, the little library on the mesa where Rupert once lived. It's quiet now, and the jolly fireplace is dark, the ashes cold. You find a painted mask of the librarian's face on the table, but there's no other sign of him. How are you doing? Most importantly, did Phelan wake up yes. for the Diamond concert? <laughs> you were able to shake him awake, and he was like, I don't understand why you woke me up for this. <laughs> so you you get Phelan into the bed to rest. He is still looking bad, though he was uh, able to at least keep himself upright on one of the horses on the way back to this place. Mary looks around the room and she signs, How? What is this place? And she picks up the mask and holds it up and signs, How did you guys know what this was here? Well, it's kind of a long story. <laughs> well, basically, while, while you guys were gone, we were trying to find you. And so we were trying to make our way to, you know, the place where, uh, where, where Estra got, you know, raised up out of the earth. Uh, so we were doing that, and we met a lot of people along the way. Well, actually, well, we thought we met a lot of people on the way who helped us. Uh, but it turns out that they were this god, um, the mask maker. Um, so we, we basically met one person. Well, no, because we did go to horse camp. Uh. Uh, and we met that other person, too. Um Oh yeah, the seeker. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see her in the incarnation. No, yeah. So pretty sure I was right that she's, you know, she's a fair folk. What kind of fucking name is that? You would have loved her friend. She was really cool. Uh. <laughs> yeah, she was really cool. It was like it was. I was like you were here, but like you weren't. You know. I don't like that. <laughs> don't talk to me about her again. <laughs> Mary waves a hand at the fireplace, and it lights itself. And she sits down in one of the chairs and signs, why don't you start from the beginning? Uh, and you guys explain to her what happened over the last arc. If you, the listener, would like to find out what happened over the last arc, you can listen to the podcast. Or the recap. But we won't bore you with it here. Mary nods after the full explanation and signs, I guess I missed a lot. It felt like it was only days in the void. How long has it been? It's been like uh, 90 days, 90 calendar days. <laughs> if you bought anything from Target and you have a red card, you cannot return it anymore. Stop it. That's a really good point. <laughs> so so what did, what did you guys what did you guys do like on the day like mm, I don't know like a month after the winter solstice maybe like what did what did you do on that particular day? Just Nothing, wondering. I don't know. Probably just set. was maybe that was that the day that we read erotic poetry? Ew. I don't rem like I mean what even what even are days, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys so you were you're saying you only felt like you were in the void for like 3 days? I didn't even think it was that long. Mary signs, I was able to get glimpses but only in places where there were altars to me or prayers to me being said. So it was hard to keep track. I look at Phelan and I say, they read erotic poetry on my birthday, Phelan. <laughs> it was your birthday, Fran? Oh, hey, happy birthday. Uh, I think we still have the book. Do you want it? I'm so sorry we missed it. We can celebrate now if you Fran want. Fran doesn't answer, but she holds out her hand. <laughs> Corbin gives Fran the, the erotic poetry book. Fran's, Fran uh, hides it away. <laughs> Phelan props himself up on one arm and he says, we'll get you a better birthday present later. 
And then he lays back down. Yeah, have, um, have Phelan read the erotic poetry. Ew, stop! You sicko! Nope. <laughs> I'm going back to sleep. I pat Phelan on the face. <laughs> and he just sort of like, he puts a hand over your hand while you're patting his face and you just like, then just pushes it away. <laughs> what was it like in there? How do you feel? Bad. <laughs> Palin says from the from the bed. Ooh, yeah, uh, I don't know about him. Uh, <laughs> I already mentioned to you guys that he like might be two percent evil now, and I'm not sure about it. I I like shrug and I say, well, I mean, I'd really want to torture the demons I summon now, but that's pretty much it for that me. Makes sense. I feel normal. I mean, that's what I would have said before, right? <laughs> Mary signs well. Like I said, I was able to see a little bit just in the places where I could get to, I guess. But mostly that was in New Estra. They're rebuilding it up in the mountains. There's a valley. They've they've made the whole city over. Laika's been sending out spies. I guess I'm glad we made it back when we did. Something's happening on Barun, the, the continent, I guess the continent we haven't been to where all the dwarves are. I wasn't able to get many details just whenever they happen to be discussing reports next to my shrine, but they have a spy out there. Uh, I think you guys met him. Swan Roxon? I remember his name. I don't even remember his name. He was some kind of, like, dwarven scientist. He was working on yeah. the Festival of Lights, yeah. yeah. He was one of the people that we were like, don't fucking, like, there's obviously something wrong here. And he was like, no. <laughs> one of the many, Mary included. Mary included. <laughs> Mary included. Yeah, she feels a lot of guilt about that. Uh-oh. Um, He's infiltrated the dwarves and she shakes her head. They're not all on Torva's side. Hmm. Some of them, well, they're all very anti-God. All the gods. Uh, and I think that's how Torva's manipulated them into helping, but not all of them are on his side either. Oh, let's go start a dwarven revolution. By the way, like, by, since, since Laika's name was first mentioned, Fran has been making this kind of like grimace emoji face, like, oh no. <laughs> um, and she kind of is like hiding behind her knees. <laughs> I notice it. And I look at Fran. And Corbin, like, where where are you right now, friend? Like, well, tell me about your position physically. I'm five feet away from you. The ground between us is difficult to raise. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting down with my knees pulled to my chest, and I'm looking very uncomfortable. With my druidic abilities, I am able to traverse difficult terrain. Okay, okay. As if it were normal terrain. So I walk five feet over to you. <laughs> I sit directly in front of you, and I stare deeply into your eyes. And I say... Hey! <laughs> Hello, Fran. It's been so long. I put my hand on your shoulder, and I say, Fran, it's been so long. Um, yes? Why don't you just tell me whatever secrets you're, <laughs> you're having inside of you right now? Uh... I met this wonderful person. Her name was The Seeker, and she taught me about the power of secrets. So fucking spill. I told you not to talk about her to me. Spill it. Spill it, Fran. Uh, so <laughs> Fran kind of like looks around and is like, well, other than the demons, I did see one more person in the void. Yes, go on. Kai was there. Gross, continue. So she's like really obsessed with me or whatever. Um, <laughs> and um, there's a reason for that. And I... I haven't really wanted to talk about it. Did she hurt you? Or are you okay? Friend, we can kill her. Physically? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. So, remember how when we were at Pavia's Tower, we learned that Kai and Torva had both chosen a champion to try and win the game between them? Mm-hmm. Corbin, you're the only one who wasn't one of them. Hey! No, wait, <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Now hold. What? 
Am I not cool enough? Do they not think I'm cool enough to be in What? Corbin, like, gets up, and he starts pacing <laughs> around the room, and he's furious. Look, I'm assuming Pavia already had a claim over you or something. I, uh, I mean, and you were kind of just, like, a real... Yes! I don't know what your deal was back then. Especially. Yes! <laughs> Corbin, I, I don't know if being chosen as Kai or Torvis champion would be a good thing. I'm, listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say it super isn't a good thing. Kai wanted me... I guess because I have friendship issues to be the one in favor of sacrificing Mary and Torva wanted Laika to be the one against it. What? Okay, wait, now hold on. Do they have control over you? How much control is involved in this? I don't really know. But that's that's why Torva was involved. Involved with... Me when I was a kid, I guess. Hey, friend. Hey, look me in the eyes. Yeah. I don't look you in the eyes. <laughs> if you, friend, look at me in my big dark eyes. If you, I close ever my eyes. I am try looking. to sacrifice Mary. <laughs> I will take you out. Uh, I'm not Corbin. What? I would expect you to. I'm not going to sacrifice Mary. No, I know. I'm just didn't. reassuring you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh! You don't have to worry about I it. I give Corbin a hug. I'm here for you. <laughs> Mary signs, I think I'm supposed to be flattered right now. <laughs> Nobody's going to sacrifice Mary. We've, we've established that. It's, it's fine. We're, look, it's a moot point anyway. Mary can't be sacrificed anymore. She's the survivor. Their game didn't work out the way they thought it would. So fuck those guys. Who cares? Whatever. Kai thinks that now the only way to beat Torvad is game, I guess, and end the tyranny of the god is to kill the forces. So I promised her I would do it, and so we what? have to do it. <laughs> Mary says, "Well, wait no, a minute. Hold on. I think that's that. I don't think that that's correct. If we kill the forces, what would even happen?" Um, I what she? I don't know. Okay, I'm not a forces scholar, but I. And no one is. <laughs> but what she said is that magic would go away. Except for maybe elemental magic. And that the gods would become mortal. And they would be... They would die. Or, or they would be allowed to die when the time came, I guess. Okay. Okay, no, I understand that. But counterpoint, when uh -huh. you kill a god... yes. The thing that they oversee mm -hmm. disappears completely from the world. Right? Yes. So, by mm. that logic, if you kill the thing that gives a god its power, wouldn't that just destroy the fucking planet? Well, Mary signs, I don't think so. Why not? She shifts in her seat and she signs, I'm getting a better feel for this, especially while I was in the void, and Torva's not wrong when he calls magic a chain, or a leash. It's the connection to the forces that leashes things in this world to the gods, and vice versa. But I still don't think killing them is the right option. I mean, even if the world survived this, couldn't take magic from everyone and not from the estrins they've just they've just started to rebuild what's the alternative guys we just kill torva like just kill torva and we just leave everything the way it is mary looks down at her hands and shakes her head and signs fran's right we can't i can't leave things the way they are. I can't I can't be a god forever. I th thought about it a lot in the void and it terrifies me. You all of you would die in front of me and I wouldn't be able to stop it and and Mary swipes at real tears, not the tear tracks that are permanently stained on her skin now, but real 
gold tears that threaten to spill from her eyes, and she shakes her head and signs, I couldn't do it. I couldn't... I understand how it would warp someone to live forever and watch everyone around you die over and over. I... I don't want that. Do you think we could just talk to the forces? Do you think we could just sit down and have a, a conversation about how their whole world isn't really working out? Do you think they would listen? Well, I don't know if they necessarily can be reasoned with, but maybe there's a way to make it so that the gods are mortal, but the world isn't fucked over in the process. You know? What? I want to know. If... If Kai... So, if we killed the forces, because that's what Kai wants us to do, what happens to Kai? Does she just become mortal? Mortals can't survive in the void if she's trapped in the void and becomes mortal. She dies, I guess. Yeah, she dies. I is that what sh she wants? I think that's what both of them want. That really. would also be true for every other god that just happens to be in the void if we kill the forces. But, but wait, Torva doesn't want to kill the forces. He wants to control them, right? True. I don't think he actually wants to die. I think he just doesn't want to live the way he's being made to live. Why don't we just kill Torva and then we'll take like 10 or 20 years to think about the moral implications of killing the forces and deal with that later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have the time for that, Mary Signs. I was telling you about the dwarves in Maroon. Something's going on there. That's the nexus of Torva's plans. That's where he took the dragon. And so whatever his end game is, it's in the dwarven mountains. And I think he's close. Well, I mean, we stopped Torva first, right? That's priority one. Yeah. And maybe we figure out the other stuff later. If I happen to come across a force just out in the wild, I can't promise I won't kill it. Okay, Fran. <laughs> Our Fran. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to Arc 7, The Beating Earth. You were expecting Noel, yes? Well, I'm afraid not. For you see, she has failed to pay the mortgage on her family's farm, and so I, Hannah Colbert, her dastardly mustachioed landlord, have tied her to the train tracks down by the old well. But what?! She has bamboozled me, for here within the deed, which I have seized so that I may access the rich mining vein beneath the property in question, is a clause stating that the inheritor of the estate must also take up the duties of the mid-roll? Ah! Even in her defeat she is the proverbial thorn in my side. Well, if I must, I must. I'll get my hands on that extravonium ore yet. Then we shall see who has the last laugh. It has been a while since I've done a mid-roll, and I am agog. Agog, I say! There are so many wonderful new patrons to thank. Thank you, dear Robin the Bun, Amber Owens, Rebecca Newport, Strosis, Eric the Improper Noun, Brandy L., Mike Walsh, Alexander Vandeleck, Decoy, Renee Early, Derek the Oboist, Charlie Messinger, N.H. Illustrates, Corbin Estes, Jamie Donaldson, Katie Vogue, Aaron Clark, Oat, Vicky Steger, Pom Pom Purin, and Nancy Walsh. If you would like to contribute to Noel's efforts to buy back her family farm from I, the wicked Hannah Culbert, you can do so at patreon.com slash damesanddragons. But I doubt the humble folk of this community have a ghost of a chance in foiling my so thoroughly Machiavellian scheme. Why, were they to do so, the very monocle would pop from beneath my sinisterly well-groomed brow. 
But actually, like, thank you a lot. Really? Wow. We are floored by your support. Everyone, thank you. It allows us to put in the time and work and love that make this podcast happen. So thank you all so, so much. And, of course, another excellent way to support the show, and Noelle, in paying the hefty fee she will have to compensate me with to delegate one of my henchpersons to extricate her from those train tracks, is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or the podcasting platform that allows reviews of your choice. I am told this boosts the ratings and helps new people find the show. And, per the contract, I must lay thanks upon. Just okay, Jay. And CaseCal from Apple Podcasts. Hmm, what else is in this thing? Ah, I see. May I introduce to you a word from our dear network, Geekspective. Near the small village of Hartscrest lies an idyllic hollow abundant with flowers and berry bushes. The Warren of Petal Grove is vast and expansive. Hundreds of generations have hopped around its many twisting tunnels. Stories say that this warren has been here since Loam's creation, and all rabbits who inhabit the continent today descended from them. Humans and other various predators come to hunt for rabbits every now and then, nothing out of the ordinary, and until recently, the rabbits of Petal Grove have lived in relative peace. Hello, I'm Amber, the GM of The Warren of Petal Grove. The Warren is a game about intelligent rabbits trying to make the best of a world filled with hazards, predators, and worst of all, other rabbits. I really love the idea of having a game and setting where I plus players could tell several short stories. So I recruited 12 players to play in three different mini stories, all set inside the same warren. Sessions are aired live on twitch.tv forward slash Geekspective. You can find the VODs on Geekspective's YouTube, and you can find the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Go to geekspective.com for more information. Ah, how refreshing on the auricular palate. Do go and give them a watch. Of course, I shan't as my parents were tragically killed by rabbits when I was but a boy. And at last, a message to Chantel. Chantel. The code word is Courtney RGB. The sleeper agent is active. Go. And, uh, Phelan... I, I'm, I'm assuming you're sort of like sitting next to Phelan's yeah. bed here, Fran, yeah. and he, he puts a hand on your shoulder and, and says, he mumbles, girl after my own heart. <laughs> Phelan's with me. He's going to go crazy in like 20 years. <laughs> That's what it's like to be a demigod. Think about Phelan. I think it takes more than 20 years for them to go crazy. <laughs> Phelan. You don't Phelan, know. how old are you? That's within a normal human lifespan for him. I can't guarantee I won't be crazy by then either. I look into the distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phelan like rolls over a bit and he says, "There is a very real possibility that I go crazy in twenty years, and it doesn't have anything to do with being a god." There, <laughs> you know what? He makes a convincing point. And I mean, I'm gonna be saddled with you guys for at least some of this. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> Corbin jumps on the bed and gives um, Phelan a little noogie. I pat him on the back. <laughs> Please, oh, please stop, please stop. Oh, that hurts so much. I'm sorry. Yeah, all right. (laughs) And Mary Science, is there anything we can do to help? Phelan shakes his head a little. I just don't have any power left, and I'm really tired. Yeah, welcome to being, like, basically immortal, bitch. Sleep it off. Get a coffee. Oh, it sucks. (laughs) It sucks. Phelan, once we kill the forces, you're going to feel like this all the time. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, we shouldn't stress him out, Fran. I love this. Phelan, Phelan, do you want to hold Darius? <laughs> and I pull Darius out of my pocket. Uh-huh. I mean, okay. I'll just put him on you. And I set <laughs> Darius onto, like, over Phelan's heart. Yeah. Uh, Mary Science, would it help if we prayed to you? And he shrugged, probably wouldn't hurt. Corbin gets down on his knees and says, Dear Phelan, feel better, bitch. I kneel by the bedside. <laughs> I say, Corbin, you gotta be nice. Look at him, he's so sad. Dear Phelan, feel better, you good-looking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Fran clasps her hands together and she prays silently. And her face starts to turn oh red. Oh my god. Gross, Fran! <laughs> Stop it! Shut up! You're Is in that weird. <laughs> and Fran sort of like lightly like taps your shoulder, Fran, but he smiles. He's smiling. Yeah, I guess I'll pray silently to Fallon for, you know, I'm, I'm assuming he has a headache from all of our fucking yelling, so. He gives a, a thumbs up and he says, honestly, that does feel a little better. Oh, oh my gods, I hate being mortal. Okay. Okay. Wait, Phelan, if you had food, maybe I should make some crow tea. I don't think that, I don't think that's going to happen. Hey, Mary, what if you got everyone and Esther to pray to Phelan? <laughs> Mary, think about this for a second and signs. I mean, I could try. It's hard to get a message to them from this far away, but. I sent a very clear message to Lyca, I tell Slake and Corbin. <laughs> Mary, like, as you're preparing your crow tea, Corbin, Mary, like, just sort of gently pushes you out of the way a little bit so she can get to your, your bowl mm-hmm. of uh, liquid. And she passes a hand over it and it glows gold and then uh you see in the reflection of the golden water you see Laika and buddy at a table looking over some reports and uh mary writes in the water and you can see the parchment that Laika is looking at in the vision you can see writing appear on it and uh, it reads Pray to Phelan. And then Mary pulls her hand back. And Phelan sits up a little more. He says, you should be careful about that. You don't have the cloak anymore. The more magic you use, easier it's going to be for dad to find you. Yeah, but like Mary's a full ass god now. She would just fuck him up. She'd just kick his ass. Yeah, it'll probably be really easy. Uh, it'll be really easy. <laughs> Mary... Pulls her hand away from the bowl and the liquid returns to crow tea and then it boils away and she goes, oh, I don't know why that happened. Mary! <laughs> I know you did it, Mary. Oh my God, what an accident. How could it happen? And she signs, Phelan's probably right. I, I think I'll be okay if I just use a little here and there, but maybe I don't teleport any armies to the other side of the world again anytime soon. Yeah, you deserve a break, Mary. You need to take care of yourself. What's one thing you love about yourself, Mary? Uh, <laughs> Mary, you need to go see a certified Reiki master. God fucking damn it. <laughs> you know what? Actually, Phelan needs to go see a certified Reiki master. <laughs> so you guys, after you've discussed, you bunk down for the night. But Mary, she's not tired. And in fact, she doesn't need to sleep anymore. Mm. So she offers to take the watch and make sure that nothing comes up in the night. So she's just hanging out by the fire while the rest of you are snoozing. I think I wake up in the middle of the night and I pat my pocket and Darius isn't in there and I have like a brief moment of panic. And then I remember that I I left him on Phelan, but I'm worried about, you know, if Phelan turns over or something in the night. Uh, So I, I, I am... Sneaking over very carefully to go and um, and get Darius, and and I see Mary up. I go over to her, and uh, and I say, "So you don't need to sleep anymore, huh?" Mary shakes her head and signs. I mean, I don't even know if I can anymore. It's weird. I just don't feel tired the way I used to. Oh wow. <sighs> Is it weird that I miss it? Uh, no, I was just thinking that would be kind of hard, right? Like, sometimes I think your brain just wants to take a break. Mary shrugs and signs, well, I guess it has perks. <sighs> we really missed you. I missed you too. You and Corbin and even Darius. She reaches out and strokes Darius's little little mandibles. That was amazing what you did with Dawson. I couldn't believe it. I thought you might like a chance at a little revenge. <laughs> I mean, he took the coin out of your hand, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay now. Good. Good. 
because if he didn't, I would have killed him. I can do that now. Mary. <laughs> Mary, you're so strong. I know, it's crazy. Fran talks in her sleep and she says, wow. <laughs> Mary looks into the fire again and she signs. Things are about to get really scary, Slake. And I'm glad I chose the name that I did because all of you, I want you to know, no matter what, I'm going to make sure you survive. Okay? I mean, I don't want you to feel like, you know, responsible for all of us. I mean, it's a lot of pressure for one person and, you know, we want to help you and support you too. So don't take on everything yourself, okay? Mary smiles and she signs. Thank you, Slake. I'm really glad that you joined us. Aw, cheeks. <laughs> anyway, don't... Uh, you should go to sleep. You need it. You've worked really hard to get Fran and I back here, and you deserve some rest. Oh, Mary, you deserve some rest. Uh, I hope you have a chill, chill, cool night. You could just, I don't know, go into just like a nice little mind palace. And Here, here. Darius can can hang out with you if you want. And I uh I hand him over. Mary nods her thanks and gives gives Darius a little little pat and then puts him on her knee as she sits by the fire. Uh does he walk around in a circle does like he? a dog? He does. He, he does a little circle and then lays down on her uh. knee. Does he like grab with his little bug feet? Does he use his does he use his bug thumbs to need? I don't think he can do that. I don't think he can do that. So it's another few hours like you've gone back to bed. Darius is is singing a little tune to Mary. And then Fran, are you sleeping next to Phelan or like In the bed? No. <laughs> Fran would never sleep. <laughs> Fran is sleeping. Okay. What it <laughs> It's too weird for Fran to do, but I want to say she's sleeping under his bed. <laughs> Not only Corbin. Yeah, I was gonna say that. if it was Corbin, that's where he would be for sure. But Fran, I don't know. I know. I think I think Fran is probably just like sleeping next to his bed on the floor. Okay, so Fran, you were awoken first when Phelan wakes up with a sudden gasp, and he rolls to his feet and trips over you, um, and stumbles to get his balance. We gotta go, he says. Huh? We got, we gotta go. We gotta go right now. I stand up and I'm in using my hair as a sleep mask and it's all askew. <laughs> and he, uh, he grabs the blankets off of you, Corbin. He goes, Corbin, oh, gotta go, gotta go. I start shoving stuff in my bag of holding, but like I'm also like accidentally taking a, a bunch of Rupert's shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary stands up and signs, Phelan, what's wrong? He opens the door and what's wrong is right in front of you. As standing in the doorway, like a motherfucker, is Orestes. Fuck oh, bitch! Oh, I'm ready to fuck him up. Oh, I'm ready to get him, cat. I stand in front. I stand in front of Phelan. Oh yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> I stand next to Fran. I mean, we're all here. We form a red rover wall in front of Phelan. Yes, we do. Yes, we <laughs> form a red rover wall. <laughs> and Orestes laughs and goes, oh, oh, I made you panic, didn't I? Did you like my prayer? And Phelan groans and he says, yeah, it was great. And he he waves a hand. He's don't, like, don't talk to him, Phelan. Don't, don't engage. Yeah, Phelan, Phelan. <laughs> Maybe he'll go away if we're completely His silent. vision is based in movement. <laughs> I try to throw Orestes <laughs> off his rhythm and I say, hey, Hey, Orestes, where'd you get your, your stupid weapon? The the dumb idiot sword? <laughs> oh, you've thrown him off his rhythm oh. now. <laughs> Slake. Wow. Oh, boy. You got the whole circus here with you, don't you, buddy? Look, put it away. Put I, whatever... And he, like, motions to the three of you, whatever that is, away. I say there's a lot of dangerous animals in the circus. Corbin, <laughs> Corbin pulls out his really cool staff, and he's like, Oh, yes. You watch out. Fran has fully forgotten about her sleep mask, which is still on. <laughs> yeah, I pull out my pics, and I say, Accidents happen at the circus all the time. <laughs> there are no OSHA regulations at the circus, Orestes. <laughs> yeah, tell him, Corbin. Oh, my God. 
You guys are really something, huh? Wow. <laughs> I thought you were stupid before, but it's just like you find a whole new level every time you talk we're to We're full you. of surprises. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly that. Can't say I understand your taste, Phelan, but whatever. He's just like us. <laughs> part of Look, the group, I'm part not. of the ship, part of the group. Phelan, one, one of us now. One of us. I think he's like the lion in the circus. <laughs> Gross friend. I'm the ringmaster. <laughs> I, I always pictured him as more of a juggler, but you know, that's fine too. Mary, Mary Science, I was thinking more like an acrobat. Well, like that kind of makes sense. I thought I it was see. like one of those flaming sword swallowers. Oh, Mary, Mary, oh, Mary, shit. who would you want to be in the circus? Yeah, Mary. I would want to be the person who finds out why this guy is at our door. All right. Okay, Mary. We're going to circle back to this. I'm the tent. We're going to come back to it, Mary. <laughs> and Orestes motions to Mary with a sort of a thank you. And he says, can I come in? No. 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 no! Shut the fuck up. Get out. Get your broke ass out of here, Orestes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here to fight. Well, we are. <laughs> Truth. I swear a truce by all the forces and the gods. All the forces and the gods. Phelan, does that mean anything? Phelan sighs and he says, it doesn't mean anything to me, but if he's swearing it to Mary, then yeah. God of rebellion and all that. Oaths don't mean much. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, shit. And uh, Orestes looks at Mary and says, I swear by all the gods and the power of the forces, I shall not harm a hair upon any of your pretty little heads or any other parts of your bodies either. Don't call us pretty. I don't have hairs. Mary nods and she signs, let him through, I guess. But also keep your weapons out. I think we just shift our red rover wall yeah. so that Phelan's still behind us. Yeah, Phelan's still behind but us. But now Orestes can enter. <laughs> I think we should encircle Orestes with our hand-linking <laughs> yes, chain. Actually, yes, yes, we can encircle Orestes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I you may now speak, traitor. <laughs> <laughs> the circle binds you. Fran actually does cast magic circle. <laughs> These theatrics are okay. What? Orestes, tell us one thing you Orestes. like about yourself. <laughs> I like my magnanimous personality. Like that was brutal. How could you do that to Holy him? Holy shit. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> wow. You guys have some problems. I'm fucking great. So anyway, hey, Phelan, dad's going to kill mom. You want to come help me? Oh, shit. And Phelan's face just falls. And he goes, what do you mean? Well, Orestes says, and he sort of like tries to get some space He's from you not, guys. We don't allow it. No. <laughs> Every goes, time he oh, steps, God. we all step in unison Look. so that the circle is <laughs> still surrounding him. And he says, okay, I guess we're doing it like this, huh? Yeah, we are. <laughs> fucking weirdos. All right. Look, it's your fault, so you have to come help me. How is it my fault? I have been stuck in the void for three Wait, months. We nobody we don't blame we no blame placing in the circle. <laughs> the circle is a, a safe, safe place. Phelan's never done anything wrong in his entire life. I know. That's patently untrue. <laughs> Look. Mom was caught praying to you. And Phelan looks down because he knows that's true. That's the only reason that you made it out of the void. And Orestes continues, he says, Dad may not be physically here, but he's pretty adept at sending portends in the bowls. And when Mom got caught, well, she's been sentenced to death. So we've got about a week. Next full moon's coming up. She's going to be sacrificed to give Dad a new body. And I figured you might want to stop that. Phelan, he puts a hand on your shoulder, Fran. He says, you can let him out of the circle. No, no. Don't do it, Fran. Phelan, I think, you, I think your feelings are being manipulated. The circle is all that's keeping him contained. <laughs> Trust the circle. 
He puts a hand on, like, Corbin and a hand on Fran, and he, like, gently pushes you guys ah! apart. Ah! Oh, he used his god powers <laughs> on us, Fran! Oh, he's so strong! I say, don't worry, you guys, and I wrap my arms around her Orestes. I've got him! I've got him! Oh, Slay! Orestes, <laughs> like, looks down at your arms, it's like, and he, then he sort of, like, looks up at you, he looks down at your arms, and he licks your arm. Oh, hey, what? what? Only Corbin is supposed to do this. That's my brand. <laughs> That's Corbin. Can I roll Corbin like thing. psychic constitution to see if I let go? <laughs> roll a constitution, constitution check. Can I do an attack roll to punch Orestes? Can I roll psychic constitution <laughs> to take psychic damage from watching? I that? changed my roll. Can I roll um, whatever I have to roll to file a copyright um, DMA takedown notice? <laughs> do it. Can I sue Orestes? Can we sue Orestes? <laughs> Uh, you'll need to find a lawyer first or make a file in small claims court. What did you roll? Uh, your I only rolled a five, so I guess I let go. Mm. You let go because he he used uh, he used childhood fight tactics. I fall to the ground as if I've been <laughs> struck. Corbin runs to your side yeah. and is like, Slake, Slake, stay with me. Slake. I never saw it coming. Fran, Fran grabs onto Phelan and drags him out of the actual magic circle. Phelan is like, it's fine, it's fine, Fran. If there's one thing that Orestes and I actually agree on, it's that mom comes first. Fran's stupid little heart melts a little bit. She's an idiot. She's a fucking fool. She's the biggest fool in the world. This is why she (laughs) fell for Phelan. (laughs) And Orestes nods and he says, I understand that you probably don't trust me, and I don't blame you. I don't trust any of you, and I don't trust him. And also, I do still actively want to kill everybody here. Uh, But I can't piss off Dad yet. I'm about ready to cut ties, but time's not right. So, I'll get her out, but you need to come get her. I look at Phelan. Phelan looks at Orestes and says, is this a trap? Oh, yeah, it is 100% a trap. So, so a trap. But, eh, you know, I don't want mom to die. You don't want mom to die. I assume these people don't want an innocent woman to die. If Phelan wants our help, I'm willing to trust his judgment. Phelan looks back at Mary and she signs, of course we'll help her. And he, he nods. He looks back at Orestes and he says, if you betray me, I am gonna... And Orestes goes, oh, come on. I'm not going to betray the god of betrayal. That sounds like the stupidest thing I could do. I mean, once this is all over, I will go back to, you know, generally wanting to kill all of you. But truces for now. Orestes, we're going to go back to wanting to kill you way before you go back to wanting to kill us. Yeah, we're going to get we're there gonna first. We're going to get there so fast. <laughs> it's bold of you to assume that we ever stopped. Honestly. There's little tears in Fran's eyes, but she's like, I just, I even still do now. <laughs> Mary Mary steps forward to the edge of the magic circle and she draws herself up to look as imposing and godly as she can. And she signs, Orestes, I could kill you with a thought. So just keep that in mind. Oh, shit. Orestes says, you know. You make a really good point, Survivor. I'm going to try my best not to get on your, like, overtly bad side. At least until I know how the rest of this shakes out. But here's the deal. You guys get down to Hero's Gate. Get into the city. I'll meet you there, and I'll show you how to get into the temple without getting caught. I'll make sure Mom's ready, and we'll get her out of there. And that's it. That's that's all I'm doing, okay? Deal? I look at Phelan. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Phelan holds out his hand for his brother to shake. Deal. And they shake hands. And then Orestes reaches up, takes Phelan's forearm in both his hands and gives him a snake bite. Ah! Carmen like runs over and smacks Orestes like away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Phelan like reaches back and he shakes his arm and goes, that fucking hurt. And he goes, that. So you still got feeling in that arm now that you're not all tatted up. Get out of here before Crazy. we give you a purple uh, nerve. Somebody oh. hold me back. Corbin starts licking Orestes all over. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, Orestes pushes you off. He goes, okay, all right, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> that's enough. Can you let me out of this magic circle and I will meet you at the city? I, I snap my fingers and it disappears. Oh, thank all the gods. I hate being around all of you people. Peace out. And then he vanishes in a line of golden smoke that snakes out the door. Oh, Phelan, I'm so sorry. That's your brother. <laughs> Fuck that dude. Fuck that dude. thumbs to need <laughs> he's not a cat he can he's, be he's a cat invisible. too he's he can a be whatever he wants he can do anything he can do anything right. <laughs> he can run for senate he, has- he can shoot fireballs now he can become a certified reiki master <laughs> does he <laughs> does he perform reiki on mary's knee shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> and we say to end with reiki and then cat is like up. anyway we're moving on. <laughs> anyway, that's how I know it's time to end the scene when we start talking about Reiki again. <laughs>